Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome back, welcome back to Vicarious Living, and we are here in a new soundproof room. It's a little hot. But uh, the sound is good, and I feel like the energy is good. We are being taken to a whole new level right now, a whole new crisp level. It's sensual. It's sensual. I hope it's sensual in the ears, and I hope it's sensual in the ears of the listeners of the kids. I would say we got ourselves a new podcast studio, but the reality is we're in Brian's guest bedroom. So, yeah, but we did. New studio. Thank so you. We built it. We built Absolutely. a podcast studio in my guest bedroom. We were so successful, we upgraded from down in the living room to the bedroom. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, get that drink in. <laughs> My podcasting partner is uh, having himself a little, <laughs> little rum, coconut rum and diet coke, enjoying it a little too much. Uh, <laughs> damn, it's in my nose. The coconut rum is in my Be nose. professional. We got a job to do. We have fans that are counting on us, dude. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but the coconut rum is in my nose. It's okay. It smells like coconuts <laughs> and rum that I wish had slightly more proof to it. Um, okay, so two episodes tonight. We're going to do two episodes. Me and Pipes are here to fucking do it. Housekeeping, Pat, give our Gmail and our Instagram for the kids. Gmail is vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Yep. Instagram account, Vicarious Living Podcast. You're doing better at that. <laughs> I know. I did, I did my homework. I think what uh, fucks me up is that, you know, they're different. Um, okay, so. Do some business. Tonight on these two episodes, episode four and episode five. Episode four is Who's Your Daddy? And then episode five is Get Her Done. Get, get her done. Is get that her a, done. Larry the Cable Guy reference? I think so, yeah. Love yeah. that. It's like 2006. I think Larry the Cable Guy was like a thing. He was peaking. So, there's so many clips. I mean, this is going to be fucking clip overload city on this podcast. God damn, am I going to just clip out on this one? Um, Before we start to, before we get into that though, let's just start with the Texas party scene Mm -hmm. for the teens. Real excited to kind of compare and contrast this to the OC party theme. (laughs) <laughs> if you recall, for the OC parties, there's this music playing. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, melt, upgrade it, charge it, it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, write it, plug it, play it, burn it, rip it, drop it, zip it, it, Everyone's doing cocaine, everyone's fucking having three ways in the bathrooms, everyone's just doing something naughty. Yeah. At Texas parties, it all stops. That all stops. And it just becomes a much more realistic picture of what high school parties are actually fucking like. There's a keg. People are standing around. Throwing up. It's it's just a lot of, like, guys with acne throwing up who are, yeah. like, pathetic. 
That's perfect summation. Guys with acne throwing up. That's a high school party. Yeah. And then I also, the other thing of note was like a lot of staring from a distance, like with, with a crew. So like there was a bunch of scenes with like three or four girls standing there getting buzzed. Like, oh, I heard Tim's single now. Fuck, I should go over there and make a move. Like I should go make a move with Tim. And then like Tim's sitting over there drinking his miseries away. Just, you know, getting a little too drunk because he's depressed. He's willing to put in the effort to get himself to the party, but once at the party, comatose. That's about that's about all you're gonna get from him. He's yeah. just gonna sit there and put out the vibe, which fucking works for him. So, God, when you're More that to him. when you're that hot, that that's the thing is you don't really need any game. You're just so hot and cool. It's just like you just sit there and fuck, you know? Yeah. Anyways, so um, talking about, I just remember always standing around at parties being like. Dude, I need to go over there and just fucking crush it with this girl. I need to say something. All right, I'm going, I'm going. And then it's a lot. Whoever's in your crew who's standing with you is like, yeah, dude, go, go. Yeah, you got this, dude. You got this. Like, building you up, and then you go over there, fucking get crushed, and then just come back. So it fucking sucked. And everybody's, fucking sucked. everybody's been watching the whole and, time. And everyone's been and watching. And you just get shit on when you come back. And everyone's just cracking up at you. Uh-huh. So after they were just building you up, like, yeah. do it, dude, do it, do it. And you go over there, fucking fail, and then come back and everyone's just dying laughing. Like, dude, you fucking suck. You're an idiot. You shouldn't have done that. That's classic. Um, good times. <laughs> so, in the show, it's a bye week. So, they have this bye week where they don't play a football game and then they play their rival the following week. So, when they're just sitting there not playing football, there's a lot of, like, inner school hazing and oh, like hijinks happens. yeah hijinks inner really, school hijinks they, uh, I guess it started off by the other high school where they come and trash the locker room yeah seemingly they they literally smear shit on the walls yeah I think they just took dumps and then threw poo on the walls they didn't really address it but there's like a brown substance splattered all over the wall so god it's gotta right. be poop okay side thing here you got uh, a poop story yeah kind of I, the, I would say one of the hardest I've ever... You know how, like, when you're in school, things are ten times funnier because you're not allowed to laugh yeah. kind of thing? Um, or, like, so if you're in class, or, like, if you're in church... Church or like, is the all-time worst. Yeah. It, my point is, is in those moments, if someone says something that's, like, a four out of ten on the funny scale... And you can't laugh at all, it becomes a ten. It becomes yeah, a I'm right ten. with you. <laughs> So, I just thinking about smearing poo on walls, I never did that, no, to answer your question. Okay. Because I'm not, you know, an animal. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do remember one of the hardest I've ever laughed was uh, we were sitting there sophomore year of high school in, uh, in English class, and I was sitting there with Will, our friend Will, and Michael Jackson had just gone to prison. Right. For, I think he was starting to get in trouble with, like, the Macaulay Culkin thing. And so this would have been 2007, 2008 range. So whatever was going on then. I know he died, a, like, a year or two later. But he had been sent to prison for some shit. Some little boy little, stuff. Little boy stuff, yeah. And um, I just remember he was, like, 60 Minutes or someone sent a crew to the fucking jail. And they interviewed him. And he just kept talking about how inhumane it is being there and how dirty and nasty is and then the guy's like yeah i'm gonna play a clip i'm gonna play a clip here's what he says once i went in the restroom they locked me in there for like 45 minutes there was doo-doo feces thrown all over the walls the floor the ceiling and, it's and that's what he called it 
<laughs> so apparently in the prison he was in, they were just, the inmates in this, I'm sure it was a white collar fucking Michael Jackson style prison, but they smeared shit on the walls and he called it doo-doo feces. <laughs> that's a little, that's a little redundant, would you say? <laughs> I just never had heard that. Someone say that. But anyways, yeah, I just thought of that when you when you were talking about smearing shit on the walls. I feel like after hearing him say doo-doo feces, they should have been like, yeah, we should probably double, triple down on the sentence. He's guilty, right? Yeah, he's guilty as fuck. But yeah, it just reminded me because... Only a pedophile would say that. Will told me that story as we were in class, and just for whatever reason, being 17 years old and hearing him like quietly say doo-doo feces in the Michael Jackson voice, it just took me to a 10 out of 10 <laughs> as I was sitting there. Um, okay, back to fr- back to FNL. So, Saracen and um, Julie Taylor. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, boy. We are really getting into the thick of it here with good it's fucking heat- stuff. It's heating up in such an awkward and adorable way. Let's I give some it. of the instances. So, you have, like, he's in practice. Julie walks up. And she, like, goes to tell her dad, like, hey, dad, this party that we got to have for the team. Um, Mom wants to know how many people are here. Either way, she's just there visiting. Matt fucking sees her. Can't focus at all. Can't focus on the practice. By the way, I like this. We're on, like, interaction watch. I think we've tracked them all, right? So the first one is before he even becomes QB1. At the diner. At the diner. Yeah. Um, is this the third one? What, I think what it's I the missing? third. There's been like, what they've been doing is we're on episode four right now. They've been doing like one ep- one interaction per episode of yeah. like a forbidden, like, Ooh, whoa, what was that? Yeah. What? Well, something. Little, I think something. So they keep doing that. And then this episode, episode four, it's like fucking take the training wheels off of the sexual tension. Take them off. Put us on that little bike with yeah. the training wheels. Push us in the back and just see what happens. Yeah, fucking let's go down that hill. And so I so w- let's say let's clear this out. We're on third interaction on the the Saracen Julie Taylor watch. I don't know. I, I yeah, something like that. Three, four, five. So it's it's you can count them on one hand. But what what the main point is that this episode there's like boom, boom, boom. It's like a bunch of scenes of a lot of whoa. This stuff's heating the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And so it's starting to heat up. The practice thing happens. And then there's other scenes with like, uh, God damn. All right. Here's the first clip. I said, I knew there was going to be a lot of clips. Here's the first clip. This is where, you know how Voodoo's kind of been coming into the mix. They brought this guy Voodoo in from New Orleans to take quarterback uh, Matt Saracen's spot. Saracen has got a lot on his mind now because Julie's starting to creep in. And he goes into the coach's office and... The coach is just trying to get his quarterback, who still is technically the starter, to like free up his mind and like relax. Wants to get get him a little loose. He's yeah. just too wound up. Yeah. So there's this scene. You got a girlfriend? Uh, oh no, sir. Do you have someone you're interested in? Uh, sort sort of. Kinda. Sort of. Well, forget about sort of. You know what? Take her out. You understand me? Sir. Movies, dinner. Get her in the back seat of your car. I don't care, whatever. But I'm telling you, you need to get loose out there. You wound up tighter than rubber bands, son. Yes, sir. Good. <laughs> so he's essentially telling the backup quarterback, Matt Saracen, to go have sex with his own daughter. Because when he says, 
who's you got a girl that you're trying to get with or whatever and saracen like you know he's obviously thinking of julie taylor he's like yeah man go have sex man just go fuck my daughter (laughs) but if he was just in that moment he was just full open and honest he's like listen coach uh here's the i want to fuck your daughter here's the deal um i was walking down the hall earlier and your daughter was in this dance class and i stared and watched at her for probably a little too long and i honestly can't think about anything else so is it cool is it cool i'm glad you brought that scene up (laughs) (laughs) i um i'm sorry i literally can't remember the plays because i'm just thinking of that hip-hop dance scene (laughs) yes yeah i want to give two thoughts i had when i saw that scene one add it to the list of didn't test for shit and that is having julie taylor just be like all these other girls that are jersey chasers lila garrity fuck you don't have julie be a part of that whole crew she's not but in these first couple episodes they had her kind of be that way she's in some fucking erotic dance class like she's doing some sexual dance that like as we were watching it we were like what 16 year olds are like doing this dance what is that that was a weird, like, I think it, it was a, it was like a uh, way over sexual for a high schooler to be doing, I feel like. Yeah, it was just like organized hip hop dancing. I feel like. But it was so was tra- sexual. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was probably just us. That was probably us just living through the Sarah's. But, but you know what? We didn't have impure thoughts. We didn't. No, in season three, we might. We might have. If they did that hip hop erotic dance scene in season yeah. three. It was just cute. This one was just cute for yeah. us. And again, she has, she, I think she is a, she's got a lot of upside and a lot of promise. But I was trying to think through why they're doing that. And I think it's just to, to be like, she's kind of artistic. She's into this dancing thing. Saracen's artistic. He's into his like drawing thing. Maybe there's a little connection there. I get. And then naturally, like, I I feel like high school girls and everybody in high school just like shifts around their interests by the time you're a senior you're not doing the same okay shit i can buy that i can buy that like you come in your freshman like i guess i'll do yeah this weird hip-hop dance yeah by the time you're a senior like doing something totally different so i'll it's buy natural. that no i've been swayed i yeah i i don't i'm gonna take it out of the didn't test for shit because i i agree you you don't have any i fucking idea what you want to do at that age you know we didn't even have any idea what we wanted to do as we got into college freshman year of high school i was doing hip-hop dance i wasn't doing that as a senior just like julie taylor so i get it god just for the listeners pipes here he loves hip-hop dance yeah sometimes i'll go over to his house and you know i'll walk in without knocking and he'll just be breaking fucking a sweat he's sweating profusely Mm -hmm. he's in cut-off sweatpants jorts Mm-hmm. sweatpants he's in jort sweatpants they're half jeans half sweatpants they're cut off at the knees and he's just shirtless and just sweating profusely with a headband and sweatpants on around his wrists that's pat you know that's pipes. a passion of mine it's cool so the the second thing the second thing that i had was saracen's attire from the waist down baggy jeans hiking boots it's the fucking i i'm not I'm not going to shit on the jeans because I understand we were all wearing loose fit jeans in 06, 07. I definitely was killing them. But no one was wearing those mountain fucking shoes. 
They're not even cool looking boots. They're the lamest fucking mountain shoes I've ever seen. It's like shoes that you get. They're like fucking Skechers on steroids. They're the worst. I feel like Terry Bradshaw probably wears them when he goes hiking. And that's it. He's the only person that wears them. Former NFL quarterback Terry Bradshaw? Doesn't he do the Skechers commercials? Or is he just doing the uh, boner pills commercials? Oh, he's probably doing a little bit of both. I feel <laughs> like if you're doing Skechers commercials, you're also doing boner pill commercials. But yeah, I, that's not a, that's not the best look. It's the worst look. I, I cannot I cannot get on board with it. I have a massive issue with jean to shoe combos. You yeah. got to get those right. You have to. Even uh, it's one of your biggest turnoffs. I would say. Yeah, we've probably discussed that. We probably talked about it on the OC podcast. We've discussed that. And so anyways, let's wrap up that point. Matt Saracen's shoe game is horrendous. It's beyond bad. Go back and watch. It's not good. Kids, kids, do not wear those mountain, those lame-ass, sketcher-ass mountain boots. When Not even boots, mountain gym shoes. Don't do it, kids. Especially with fucking jeans. You go hiking a lot. What are the shoes that you wear to hike? I wear like a hiking boot. Yeah, a boot. And you only wear it to hike. You wouldn't put those on with fucking jeans and then go out or go to school with those. Uh, full disclosure, I do sometimes. You you go to work with those on? I don't go to work. Where, when do you wear those? Uh, if it's like raining or snowing, I'll put them on because they're waterproof. I'm not talking about that, dude. I'm not talking... I'm not talking about the, the the inclement weather. You need to wear them for function. I'm talking about wearing them for fashion when the weather is 80 degrees outside and you just got to go to school or work. Next podcast, I'll show up with my boots on and we'll see. We're going to make that an Instagram we'll picture. Yeah. You wear those boots and we're going to throw jeans on and the fucking viewers can then see how lame as fuck that looks. Yeah. If I get a bunch of IG likes, then, then we'll know. If Tate happening. Donovan likes that, then... I'll, I'll we'll shut tag, the fuck up. I'll put the jeans and boots on. We'll tag Tay Donovan and ask him if he thinks it's a good look. <laughs> if we get a Tay Donovan like, then we know. But I feel like we got sidetracked. So okay, Sar- side Saracen's getting boned up yeah. watching uh, Julie Taylor dance. Yep. And then he has that conversation oh, with... here's the point of that. Yeah. Sidetrack aside, I'm with you on the fact that that is... I, I think, yes, high schoolers are all over the place. I'm fine with that. I'm on board. I'm also on board with... The show was like, we gotta, we've been having these like interactions with Saracen and Julie Taylor yeah, a bunch. We gotta turn it up. We gotta, yeah, turn oh, up. Oh yeah, they threw it on overdrive. And so they're like, how can we get them to show that Matt Saracen is sexually attracted to this mm-hmm. girl who doesn't mm-hmm. peak until season three? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they do it. Okay, moving on. Spent way too much time on that. Voodoo. Voodoo, I don't wanna spend. A crazy amount of time on him, but he's only around for these last two episodes, four and five. So we gotta, we gotta, you know, give him his due. Yeah. He's he essentially the reason Coach T, our hero, doesn't like him is because he doesn't accept coaching. He's so good and athletic that he he wants Coach T to just fuck off. I have a question for you with this. Do you think that actually works in real life with a quarterback? Like, with the quarterback position, if he, can you evolve into that bad boy, like, I don't listen to any coaching, and still be a quarterback no, at a high school level? I think only if you're, like, Peyton Manning level. Like, where he's so smart mentally that when the coach calls a play, he can go, no, I'm going to... Like, especially in high school, no fucking no, chance. No, I'm just saying, but, he, like, 
like that character that would make sense if he was like a running back or a wide receiver to be like a head case like that but i feel like the quarterback to be that position you almost have to be way into talking with the coaches yeah you do as a quarterback you're almost assigned like your own personal coach and you're really close with the offensive coordinator and the head coach like i just can't see that working where like I've been the quarterback my whole life, and I also don't listen to coaches. Correct. I, I even think, I think it, it works for this story. It's just it's no, I, that yeah, that it works for the story. But I, you even look at like Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Every sing, he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Every single time he goes to the sideline after this offensive series ends, Andy Reid comes over and sits with them, and they look at all the plays, they diagnose exactly. And yeah, I feel like that happens in, at every single level of football. It's yeah, like so. They're the coach on the field. I don't think there's a room for that guy to be like a fucking dickhead. But it does create this interesting like dichotomy between Matt Saracen, who's over here, and then you have Voodoo, who's over here, and they. It's like it's it's a complete difference of the two. Matt Saracen, good as fuck. Like at his core, he's been thrown into this situation he wasn't ready for, and he's been trying so fucking hard. He's been like working his ass off, learning all the plays. He's all heart too. He's given you all. It's like all you ask for for people like in life is that you just give your all, and he's giving his all. It's it's not good enough all the time because he just doesn't have the like raw athletic talent and all that. He's the definition of giving hundred and twenty five percent. You know, people always say that doesn't make any sense. When Mathematically, they say it. it doesn't. No. But he's doing it because once you get over a hundred. All you can give is 100%. You can't give over that. You can just give full or less. I guess it's a different way of saying like you're giving it more than what you got. I know what it's saying. I'm with it. He gives it. He, he does gives 125. It. I'm, just, I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. Fuck math. Fuck math. Saracen gives 125%. He does. And that's why we fucking love him. And voodoo is on the other end of the spectrum where it's like... All the talent in the world just... Don't give a fuck. Could give a shit. Yeah. Mentally, he's not there. Okay. So, I do also want to say that there's a big element that's coming into play here, and I'm going to throw a clip back in. I want to get a clip in here because a big element of this show is the Tammy T, Coach T relationship dynamic. Yeah, you see a lot of it. A lot of it in this episode. I love it because it's like... It's real. This whole show, while they take some liberties with some stuff to like for dramatic effect, the core of it is real as fuck. And I love the Tammy T, Coach T dynamic because it's real. It's like, yes, it's not all fucking smooth in a marriage of 20 years or whatever. Like it's all these stupid fucking fights and all this shit. And then there, so they, that Coach T, as we said earlier, he has a party because it's the bye week, so it's like the annual invite all the boys over with their families to Coach's house. You grill out a ton of shit. And uh, Coach T's been, he didn't tell Tammy about it until the last minute. Classic. Classic. Classic <laughs> relationship fight. Yeah, he totally puts her out on this one. But this is real. This is how it goes. Dudes are wired in a way to just be fucking idiots all the time and forget to tell their wives that like in two days, 300 people are going to be coming over to our house and eating food here. And she's the only one realistic enough to be like, you know what that means? Like, we're going to have 100 people here that are expecting to be fed. Like, I guess that's I a lot of prep that now. That's a lot I of prep. I guess I got to do that in two days. It's a lot of money and, and he's prep. just like in that moment, like, 
Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good luck. So here's <laughs> here they're at the party, and uh, they, they she she's stressing out hardcore because it's all been last minute. She, her, she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off, and she's like, beer's been spilled, and she's under the table, and Coach T comes down. They have this little intimate, real-life relationship argument. Here it is. Well, I'm sorry you're upset. Well, yeah, I'm upset. Well, I, you know what? I, I should have given you more notice. All right, but I was a little bit busy. I know, I know. Your job is really stressful. Look, Tammy, you know I what, honey? Mean... I'm doing it. All right? All right? I threw the party for over 100 people in, in, in two days' time. I did it with no help. And I'm cleaning up after your football stars, who, by the way, happen to be pigs. I'm doing it, but I'm not going to pretend to like it. Not right now. Not down here. When I go back up there, I'll give you a big smile, all right? Just like I know you need. But down here, I am pissed. And I'm going to stay down here until I can get back up there and give you your smile. All right? When you're done down here, it'd be really great if you'd come up and help me host. My main point of showing that is to show that's how it really goes. But then I have another clip that kind of shows if you're, I feel like, in a successful long-term relationship, that is bookended with a makeup sort of conversation so it's kind of just like i feel like that's what relationships are is it's just a whole bunch of these stupid ass fights you realize five hours later how dumb that was and then you come back like yeah it's the inevitable like i fucked up i know i fucked up we're in this thing can you please bail me out they're like i will bail you out but fuck you i'm not happy about it and then you get out of the jam and then upon further reflection yeah it's the jam is over the jam ends and then now it's like all right we both kind of like the dust is settled but the reason why i'm gonna bookend this clip with a nut with it all turning out okay is there's also the saris and julie uh stuff that starts (laughs) happening at the end that i want to start my next thing with so here's the clip I know how hard it is what you do. I know it's not easy talking to those kids. I know it's difficult. And I know my job has put you through a hell of a lot. I understand that. And I just wanted to make sure you knew that I'm thankful for everything that you do. And I know you do a hell of a lot. Thank you. Friends. (laughs) Friends. Friends. I don't really see the connection. You, you don't? Not really. Yeah, I guess, I guess it is kind of a stretch, huh? Maybe a little bit. What? Why? What? Why? I think I told that kid to get our daughter in the back seat of a car. Mama, Daddy! <laughs> Uh, so real quick on this, I feel like Coach Taylor does a pretty masterful job of turning the like the apology that he owes Tammy. Um, what he does, and it's a beautiful, beautiful move. Just says he fucked up. No, he turns the apology that he owes her into a thank you, kind of like a thank uh, you for everything. Yeah, yeah. So she's like expecting this a big apology that he's tried to give her, but fucked even the apology up earlier in the episode. He still owes it to her, but he goes over the top with. Obviously, I'm sorry, but thank you. Thank you for everything you do. You're the best. Couldn't do this without you. So he just crushed it. That's good advice for the kids. 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 Turn your apologies into thank yous. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's good for the kids. But now that book ends. Uh, the the thing I wanted to do on Tammy and Coach T, and now we get into what's going on with Saracen and Julie, and the coach, Coach T, mm. realizes that he actually gave. There's a look. It's a fucking awesome look. Kudos to fucking Kyle Chandler, who plays Coach Taylor, who gave this unreal look where he realizes in that moment, as he's having that talk with with Tammy and they're kind of getting over their stupid argument, he looks over and sees that Saracen, who's at the dancer, who, who came to the dance recital with him. By the way, this dance recital is for Julie Taylor. They're at, he's at his daughter's dance recital. I don't even know if we mentioned that. He realizes when he was there that he, Saracen goes up and he does. He's talking to Julie and and he's there. He's like, "Oh, it's so good" or whatever. He's always so nervous around her. And mm-hmm. and Coach T in that moment sees like, "Oh my God, I think I just fucking told this quarterback to go fuck my daughter." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and he definitely gives the perfect look. He's like. Fuck. Yeah, he turns it into that, that, like, he's been pushing for Saracen because he actually wants Saracen to beat Voodoo out. He loves Saracen because Saracen listens to him and all that stuff we talked about, about Saracen's heart and all that. And so it's so funny because that's how you, I think you know he's a great actor because in that one moment, he went from Matt's biggest advocate, cheerleader, supporter, and all that stuff into a dad that's watching a fucking guy try and have sex with his daughter who <laughs> yeah. is his only d- daughter and who he's protective over. In a look, yeah. I feel like uh, One a lot, lot of Coach Taylor, a lot of uh, out of the frying pan into the fire type moments for him, especially in these early episodes. Yeah. Should we should we say why Matt is at that recital with Coach T? Yeah, I feel like. I feel like we're taking a nice little winding path around these episodes. We are. We're kind of... Nice. We're kind of... Yeah. Just kind of wander around in the forest with us, folks. <laughs> we're a little lost. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you can uh, keep track of what we're talking about. Yeah. So it's just the the reason why Saracen's there is because he's been kind of up in his head. He's been sort of taking a Tim Riggins approach of voodoo's come in and like fucked up his whole starting gig. And he's just so pissed and everything. And Saracen um, and, and a, few, a few of our favorite teens went out. And just during this rivalry week to f- to to go back to the what their counter move is to the fucking doo-doo feces on the wall it, in their locker room, they all get in a car one night and they go fuck up the the other team's quarterback's car. The then the counter the counter retaliation to that is then they all go back to Saracen who's at work one night and beat the fuck out of them. And actually, I'm gonna play another clip here. Where, this is why I love Saracen. Here, here it is. Who was with you? Uh, no, no one. No one? There's no one else. I, uh, I had the bat and the, and the crowbar. I, I even drove, drove the car that I jumped into. Ain't, ain't y'all want a Swizzler? <laughs> Saracen's getting some balls. I feel like the, yeah, he is, and that's why. And, but set on him. It, yeah, I mean, he's just like you know what that dude. He's, he's making just, his moves with Julie Taylor. He's, he's all like heart. getting the team on his back. He's all heart. He stands up to these fucks. He's just like 
dude, you know what? He's like the guy in um, Captain Planet Heart. Yeah, yeah. He's got the heart ring. <laughs> Look, if Captain Planet came in and he was giving out five fucking rings, he was giving out an earth, he was giving out a fire, he was giving out a wind and a water, and he had one heart ring. Yeah. You know who he's gonna give that fucking heart ring to? Matt Saracen. Good guess, and that is correct. Nice. I knew you had some kind of metaphor cocked and loaded. Did not see the Captain Planet thing coming, but I love it. Which ring would you want, by the way? <laughs> oh, dude, fire. Fucking nice. Earth was lame as shit. Yeah. Earth, Captain Planet Earth was lame as fuck. Wind was like okay, and water was okay. The whole thing with that is you need to you need to be able to summon them and throw it at people. Yeah. Heart was just a little bitch. And by the way, real quick side tangent for the kids who will never see Captain Planet ever in their lives. Why the fuck was a very successful cartoon series created over this guy who just hated littering they created a whole superhero out of this guy who just really hated people who got burger king fucking finished their 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 burger and their fries and then threw the trash out the window like that's the villain i don't i don't know man <laughs> but goddamn was that cartoon series good i loved it i don't know I thought... it was so good yeah well, anyways, so Saracen's getting the Captain Planet heart ring. Maybe we should just start giving out the Matt Saracen Captain Planet heart ring award of the week to Matt Saracen. All right. Well, there's his first one. Captain Planet heart ring. He got it. Saracen. Getting his ass beat. So let's let's bring this back. He gets his ass beat. That's why he's at the recital. He's in the hospital, and he needs someone to pick him up. As you know, his dad's not around. Mm-hmm. His grandma's having issues. His mom... Fucking not around. He doesn't have any siblings. So he's got to call father figure, Coach T. Mm -hmm. Coach T, night of the recital, has to pick him up and then just take him to the recital. That's how that all happens. Oh boy. Last thing I want to say, though, about episode four. I am not a parent. We should get someone at some point (laughs) to come in here who is a parent and tell us. Is there anything worse in your mind than going to your future daughter's dance recitals? Ooh. Um, Enough said. uh, Enough said. It seemed horrible. It seems horrible to me. I really hope... I really hope my kids are talented. Yeah. You know? That'll make a big difference. I don't care what they're talented at, but just whatever they choose to do, I want them to be good at it so I can, like, legitimately enjoy whatever they're doing i mean we say Is that, that too now. much to ask i mean we say that now and i feel like when we become parents though we would just say like i just want my kid to be happy <laughs> and healthy like the standard answer. I yeah i don't think you go like i gotta have the best kid on the team once you actually have a kid but i agree with you now not having kids i think like a dancer recital would be a lot better if my kid just went up there and was like the best dancer you yeah, know that would be sick and all I mean, the parents would be looking at me like, like damn dude How'd you teach your kid to be so good at breakdancing? And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Sweat equity that I put in with her? <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't know. I think it might just be that if uh, if you just start with just a little strand of your DNA and that child does anything, uh-huh. I feel like that's pretty magical. Yeah. Like if that kid walks on stage 
and just sits down. You're excited. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's fucking amazing. I know. That's I, a miracle. So, I think that is. If what... they can dance on top of it. <laughs> that's a double miracle. Then I'm there. Yeah. So to answer your question, I'm at that recital, dude. Pissed? <laughs> Maybe a little pissed. <laughs> I'm at that recital and I'm probably on my phone, but I'm there. <laughs> You're watching the game on your phone. <laughs> um, should we just bring up real quick before we go to episode five? It, there was this clear moment where it was really a miss for me, and I think it was Pete Berg's biggest miss of this entire series so far through four episodes. And it was, it was clear when the when the boys saw that the rival team had fucked up their locker room during rivalry week, that Saracen says like, "Where's where's Voodoo?" And then Tim's like, "I don't know, Saracen. He's probably jerking around in front of a full length mirror right now." And it was clear, he said, oh, he's probably jerking off, looking at himself in the mirror. And it was like Pete Berg saw that and he's like, fuck, NBC's not going to like that. So he, he cut like, away from Tim it, yeah. and he dubbed in clearly uh, uh, from post editing. He had he had Taylor Kitsch come in and say, hey, man, I know it's your totally your character to say, I don't know where Voodoo is. He's probably jerking off, staring at himself in the fucking mirror. But we can't say that on primetime NBC. So you gotta like just say he's probably jerking around, looking at himself in the mirror, which doesn't make any sense. But I guess it's a little more PC. It makes no sense. You would not say that. I jerk around in the mirror all the time. Yeah, looking at yourself, like making sure your hair looks good and like your shirt looks good and all that. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. It's not a joke that Tim Riggins would say. No, the whole thing was about Voodoo only cares about himself. So the whole thing is about jerking off, looking at yourself in the fucking mirror. It's clear. Pete Berg, you got to fight back against the network on those notes, man. That was a miss. Get that in there. And and good thing Henry M., who we'll never have a beer with, asked us that question about the networks because this is what happens. Is the the networks come in and then Pete Berg has to go in and fucking make a change. Water down Riggins. You don't want watered down Riggins. You want pure, unadulterated Riggins, and they're watering him down. Get him off the leash. Take the fucking training wheels off. We don't want to see Riggins all watered down. Fucking Kamchaka, dude. Kamchaka. Check. Sometimes we want to see him watered down when he's running laps in the rain. Yep. We do want to see him watered down. That's the only time we want to see him. We want to see Riggins watered down literally. We do not want to see him watered down figuratively. It's Kamchaka vodka. It's bullshit. It's Kroger brand fucking anything. It fucking sucks. Hell yeah. Okay. Episode five. Do we do this? Let's do it. You know what? Why don't we just get into a song? Okay. Pull us in, buddy. Great song, great song to transition us into episode five. So what they're doing is, is they're playing that song when Lila's running. And so the, the you can feel it in, in this song. I'm going to play it right now, by the way. You can feel it in this song where it's like, it's upbeat, you know? It's like, oh, right, I'm conquering the world. It's time. I've been down. I've been down. But now it's time to fucking rise up and conquer the world. Lila Garrity style. <laughs> So she's doing that. She's running. She's going for a jog, and it's funny because like all of a sudden, this—it's like she's finally getting over like the depression. She's running. She's running. She's running, and stop. She's running to Tim Riggins' house. Take a nice little jog over Tim Riggins' house. Nice. She's taking a nice little jog over to cheat on her cor- current 
paraplegic boyfriend who just had a catastrophic, life-changing injury that altered the entire course of his life, and he no longer has legs. Real class move, Lila. Class move. And I'm so, glad to see that you're getting getting your exercise in now. Just like... <laughs> yeah. Nice job. Cardiovascular health is dope. Not to be taken Good to see. Fuck you. And you know what? This is why I'm going to use my MCITW of the week on those cankles going for a run to that great song on Lila Garrity. You know what? We took one week off. We took one fucking week off of Lila Garrity and it felt so awesome because we had to give it to that random guy in the diner. But you know what? We are bringing it back home to where it belongs. It is to this stupid fucking lady. So... This is the M-C-I-T-W of the week. Brought to you by our fine, fine, fine sponsors at Wicklowware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Where? Be free and explore. Get all your IT gear. Wicklowware.com. Type in promo code. B-L. At checkout and get 10% off your entire order. Who gets it this week? I'm thinking Lila Garrity. You are thinking correct. She fucking sucks. She's the biggest slut in Dillon, Texas, and I'm not even trying. (laughs) I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to slut shame anyone, but what else do you want me to call her, dude? Her boyfriend just got paralyzed and she's having sex with another guy. I mean, it's not a good look. It's not, it's not <laughs> so I don't know what else You're to call. You're not gonna find me sitting here defending her this week. I'm sorry. I know <laughs> it's frowned upon to say it. Like I, I hate that. I hate saying it. But at a certain point, if you are fucking other dudes while your boyfriend just got paralyzed, he's sitting there in the fucking hospital, and you just got off talking about how you're gonna spend your whole life with him. All right. Here's what I will say to challenge you a little bit. Okay. Are we letting our boy Riggins off the hook? Whoa. I mean, somebody's got to say it. Here's the thing. If you are in a relationship and you are the one hooking up with someone, you are to blame. I will never blame the person, whoever is just like the single guy. Even if it's the best friend? Now that's where it gets a little murky. I feel like he's 50-50 complicit. He's sitting there. She comes over. He's feeding her eggs. Mm-hmm. She tells him that it was a mistake. It was a one-time thing the previous episode. Yeah. He shows up in her bedroom. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, that's where it does get so fucking murky because usually... Okay, so my first stance is in any situation, if there is a single person on the outside just being some fucking random idiot... I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the person who's in a relationship who is cheating on their significant other. I put all the blame there. You bring up a good point, though, because the fact that it's the best friend of the guy, now we're getting into really... It's like, like, why weren't you visiting me at the hospital? You still haven't visited me at the hospital. Oh, oh, sorry, Streeter. I've been so busy... Fucking your girl. Fucking your girlfriend. So I haven't been able to come to the hospital because I'm having sex with your girlfriend. So maybe we should just say Lila's the biggest slut in Dylan, girl-wise, but Tim's the biggest slut in Dylan, guy-wise. And I, don't, I have the worst friend. The worst friend award. So maybe worst we'll give... award. Maybe we'll give uh, Lila, like, sucking by 
I don't even know what award we'd get. You know what? We'll give her the MCRTW. Yeah, so no, she, no I'm not gonna. I'm not trying yeah. to take the award away from her. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll give Lila the MCITW of the Week award. No, for doing she this. earned that. That's hers. So that's I'm not hers. Take it from her. And we'll just give Tim for the week the worst fucking friend in Dillon, Texas award for the week. <laughs> yeah, it's it is pathetic. But that is brought to you by Wicklowware, and I want to say, be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklowware. Love that song though. It's a great, <laughs> great song. Jam. Great song. Great jam. Um, uh, while we're on Jason, we got to mention he's uh, he's getting into quad rugby. Yeah, he is. He's starting to find... I wouldn't say he's found his groove yet, but he's starting to... Uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for him. Yeah. He's starting to come out of the darkness just a little bit. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, you and I are kind of on different sides of the fence on this. You really like all the fucking Jason Street quad rugby stuff with this guy, Kirk. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk is uh at the uh, rehab center that uh, Jason's now been moved to. He's like his quad rugby uh, Sherpa up the mountain of. Yeah, I would say he's his wheelchair mentor. Yeah, he yeah, that's a better way to put it. He's his wheelchair mentor, and uh, you really the reason I say we're on different sides of the fence is you really like the storyline of watching him do <laughs> yeah. quad rugby, and it just yeah. kind of really frustrates me and. I think it's like a combination of it makes me too sad to watch it. And I don't know. I just love the teen like drama so much, like of the sexual tension between Matt Saracen and Julie Taylor. You feel that, like this is just wasting your time. Yeah. I mean, but I, 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 it's like one of those things I appreciate it and he, I know he needs it, you know, street needs it. It's like, but like, but when he got injured and he found out his diagnosis of being paralyzed and said, worst, it was basically like worst. his life was over, Baby, like yep. he's dead in that moment. Yep. And now through this Kirk guy, who's like kind of a ball buster and is like full of life. He's realizing yeah. that like, oh yeah, I guess I still have a whole life to lead. That could be pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, so that's, do you get, do you get annoyed by Kirk's personality? I think I, yeah, I get kind of annoyed by Kirk's personality and like, I just, I like all the other, I think I like all the other stuff so much that when it brings me down into like back to the depression of like in the hospital and Jason's still dealing with like, you know, he's barely like feeling his hand still. I think it just drags me down because on the flip side, I know what I'm missing out on is like fucking Julie Taylor, Matt Saracen, fucking sexual. <laughs> You're getting FOMO. You're getting Julie yeah, Taylor, yeah. Saracen, FOMO. I get it. I, th- I just think these scenes are cool. Plus Kirk, he comes in locked and loaded as a layered character. Like he's like kind of funny and he's just giving him shit constantly. And he's Gets like a life back in him. Yeah, injects him with life. But then at the same time, he's got this like real fucking dark side to him where he he keeps it real. We play the scene where he uh, gets up in his face. Yeah, we should play that. Play yeah. that right here. Actually, I know everything about your life. Hey, let me run down the next two years for you. See, you're still in the golden everyone rallies around you phase. Yeah, they'll start to get bored with that in about six weeks. And then all the letters and cards and visits and prayers will die down dramatically. Right, just shut up. You know, another three months after that, the girlfriend is going to tell you all about how you're different people now and how you need to find out who you are apart. Be the end of her ass. Then maybe about two months after that, the lawsuit will be in full swing and you will lose people who mean the world to you so you can pay for fun things like colostomy Get out of my face. And about maybe three, maybe four months after that, your parents will announce 
Shut up. That the stress of all Shut this up. is driven such a wedge between them that they've decided Herc, to go ahead I'm warning and you. get into Perk because the love is Will you shut the hell Yeah. I knew you had some fight in you. It's a great scene because it just shows like I agree. I, I'm not. Yeah, so he's I, like, he's like he's like he's like a goofball and he brings levity to it, but yeah. he also brings us weight. Like, listen, you fucking idiot. I've been there. I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. All this horrible shit happened to me. It probably is gonna happen to you. You gotta deal with it, but it's fine. Well that's let's what I like. Some, let's play some rugby. I like <laughs> Let's play some quad rugby. No, I like I like that you called him though his wheelchair mentor because it is perfect because it's like the, th- the I think the biggest thing as a competitor that Street was missing is it's kind of like he's accepted that he's lost his legs but what he hates the most deep alert here what he hates the most is not that he lost his fucking legs what he hates the most is he lost all that competitiveness. He was the starting QB one of the Dylan Pays. Mm-hmm. The whole he was a hero. He's essentially the LeBron James of, of Akron, Ohio, and this Dylan Texas. And what he misses the most that comes with all that is the competitiveness, the fire, the struggle, the going back and forth, and all that shit. The, the camaraderie with the fucking team. You all get together. You work your ass off. You all put in all these hours to accomplish something. Like as a unit together like with everyone you know and i think in that moment why kirk is a really good wheelchair mentor is because he knows that and he brings that fire back out yeah it's pretty cool to watch and i feel like at a certain point street just reaches this weird kind of nirvana where he's almost like too happy about life yep and that's probably that's no, probably what bugs you about you what, him. But I feel you. like all these moments are what's getting him out of that depression and like making him even more like obsessed with living. I want to bring my uh, my my East Coast friend in next week. We should really have our first Skype guest next week because one of the first reasons I knew that we were going to be friends was she shared. She was like one of the only pre- people I've ever met that shared this exact same feeling about hating Jason Street and I think it's exactly bonded, what you said. We bonded immediately. Yeah, we bonded immediately when it was like she saw Jason Street wheeling down the fucking streets of Dillon, Texas in a wheelchair, like euphoric and happy. And it was like it was like a really fucked up way of like you just hate it because he's too happy and too accepting of it and you want him to like not be depressed and stuff. But that was too far. That was too far accepting. Ooh, it, that's dark. I can't wait to get so it It's so dark. It sounds awesome. But it was just dark enough that made me know we were going to be tight tight friends. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Listen, I get it that you're happy, and that's cool. But tone it down a notch, this, bud. I don't want you to be happier than I am, because that's a little... Yeah, hard. I think that's what it was. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be happier than me. In <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. Um. Okay, so... Real quick side thing here, because then I do want to go back to to Jason in the hospital because we have a massive scene, emotional crux mm-hmm. of this episode, episode five. Uh, get her done. Um, I just want to give a quick little side thing here because I saw it and I want to add this to the list. You know, I know Zerb, our super fan Zerb, has been keeping a running tally of things I love with ladies and things that really turn me off. Zerb, add this to the list. 
of things that I fucking love. Pigtails. Do, Do you, you share uh, that? Um, I'm going to say yes. It doesn't drive me insane, but I definitely notice it. It drives me insane. I definitely notice way. it and I like it. Do you just like the effort of putting in braids? I think I just really like the look of pigtails. It just like really gets me going, dude. Do you like the symmetry? Could be symmetry. I don't know, but I don't think it's like tied to like a schoolgirl fantasy I have. I think I just pigtails turn me the fuck on. I get it. There's a couple hairstyles. Are there any I other? Like. I was gonna say, are there any? You like curly hair, pigtails, anything the, else? The cur- like a French braid. Nope, don't like that. I will say, don't like French braids. What about a bun? I mean, that one I don't really have feelings on, but like the ones that do stick out in my head is pigtails curly naturally curly hair that you can't really control that and then the third one is the lc from laguna beach hairstyle oh where it's like slick back slick back right on the top let and me, then uh, just down let me on drill the sides pigtails thing with you for a little bit here okay <clears throat> so in the scene lila garrity was wearing like the braided down ones yeah where they're like braided on top of her head and then they like come down on the side yep would you prefer that style or just like the loose ones where it's coming straight, where it's like on the side and they're sticking out, kind of. Does it does it do anything for you? That's a very good question. Thank you. If I drill down into it, I'm be honest. I think the braided ones. Mm-hmm. I think that that gets me more going than seeing the loose ones on the side. Actually, for some weird fucked up reason, now that that question's been posed to me, I'm kind of thinking the ones that are loose make me feel a little creepy, like I'm looking at a young girl. But for whatever reason, the braided ones don't make me feel that way. Like a creep. I could see that. I could see that. The, yeah. The loose ones make me feel like I'm looking at Baby Spice. <laughs> Favorite Spice Girl. Go. Baby Spice. <laughs> now I'm getting conflicted. I know. But that, was, that was like gun to my head. Favorite Spice Girl. It's <laughs> a good answer. Damn it. That really contradicts what I was thinking. I'll tell you what. I hated Sporty Spice because she was the ugly one. Really? Yeah, she was gross. And then there was... Who were the other ones? Posh. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, let's get back into the hospital, though, at Friday Night Lights. This episode is full of sidetracks. Goddamn. Fuck. That's okay. Kids, that's for you. We get back to the hospital. I gotta say, this is the emotional fucking centerpiece of honestly when i think back on friday night lights and i think about all the emotional scenes and all that stuff this episode really stands out to me because this scene was when i had my josh schwartz looks at zach stevens in the airport scene oh really remember how we were talking about like in the director's commentary schwartz said in that moment in that one moment i knew that guy zach stevens was a star and it was how he handled as an actor that one moment let me let me lay out the scene for you yeah and let you take it from there i'll just level you lay it out then i'll actually just play a little clip i don't yeah you lay it out i'll play so um so streets in the hospital kind of that normal scene where uh lila comes in visits him while he's in the hospital kind of we're used to it and she's like hey somebody's here to see you and you're like oh shit is it reagan's I know, because he still isn't. It's yeah, now Reagan's five still, episodes in. He still hasn't has still not visited at the hospital. She's like, hey, you got a visitor. And you're kind of like, well, it's obviously going to be Reagan. It's got to be Reagan's. 
And, but, and that's the only person Street wants to see. Only he doesn't his care best about friend. it. He's like, oh, Lila again. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I've seen everybody else. It's fine. I'm excited to see him, but I just want to see Reagan. So anyways, she comes in. Somebody's here to see you. He's like, oh, his eyes light up. In walks Coach Taylor, and you're a little bit let down, but you're like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, oh, good to see Taylor, but I'm a little bit let down. Yeah. He's got a football helmet, and he's like, hey, the team signed this for you. And you just think he's coming to visit before the game. He's like, we got some more people. Come on in. And the team starts following in. You see Smash. You see a couple of other guys. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. Clearly, the team's coming in to say hello. Whole team. Whole team coming into the rehab facility to see Street before the game. They all give him love. Even Voodoo's there for some reason. He doesn't say it. Yeah. He and then, and then you're thinking, him. like, where's Tim? Where's Tim? The whole yep. fucking team's exactly. here. Where's Tim? Then I'm going to hand it off to you. Here it is. Miss you, Street. Where the hell you been? You know. I don't know. It's tough to say if that came through just on the audio, but like visually, God, did it speak volumes. It came through for me. It came through. And they all go through that line. They're all there. And you're like, where's Tim? Where's Tim to say hi to Street? And then like you see him, you see his head and he's standing last. Yep. And he finally comes in. And this was a moment, like, honestly, dude, it was so fucking emotional. You see um, Tim comes in last, and then he turns the corner, and he sees Street for the first time. And, and in that instant, Taylor Kitsch played that so fucking perfectly that it's like all this stuff that we, you know, we just gave him the worst friend of the week award. But then in that one moment, you're right turned back to just being in love with Tim Riggins. Because even though he, he is like a horrible friend and he's been having sex technically with Jason Street's girlfriend. I mean, within the probably the last 24 hours of that scene. His dick was inside of her. Yeah. Yeah. But even though there's all that going on, like in that one moment, the way that he played that scene is like you can just see it's been such an emotional clusterfuck and a toll on him. And, like, in that one moment, it all hit him right when he saw Street, finally. The visual of seeing him in that hospital bed with the brace around his neck. That's the first time he's seen him in five episodes. And you could tell this is why he has not come to the hospital. Didn't want that moment. No, he didn't want that moment. He did not want to see it. He knew it was going on. He He's known it. But he didn't want to fucking see it and have that visual in his head of his best friend lying there. His hero, who's supposed to be in the NFL and go on to great things, sitting there like that. And so that's how I took that one that one moment. And that actor conveyed all of that in like one look. And he did that thing that again gets to me, which is the, the tough dudes fighting tears. That I thought that was good too for like how two dudes like handle emotional moments like... 
it's never pit picturesque of like you say the right thing. Yeah, they definitely it's... don't. They definitely don't nail it. No, because that's so the real. The scene nails it from an like an acting and directing and like written is perfect. But those two dudes in that moment don't like nail it. Like, hey, brother, thanks for coming. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, I've been meaning to come, but I just couldn't. You know. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I understand, but it's just like you don't they say kinda, the right thing. You never say the right thing, but they just like they hold hands and they look at each other. And it's just like, the fact that he, he showed He's up there. says everything. Yeah. If we go back to the uh, Love Languages book that we've talked about, it's clear both these guys are acts of service guys. Yeah, they're acts of service guys. And so just the fact that he's there, even though it's it's clear Street's like, oh, I'm still mad at him, so I got to say, like, where the fuck you been? But it's clear, like, you can just see it on the look on both their faces. Just the fact that he showed up is like, spoke, spoke like volumes. So... God, it, it I know we spent a lot of time on that, but it, it it's so impactful. Fuck. Like I just see that scene and it's just like it fucking just hits you, you know? Should we get into your your voodoo ball song? Well voodoo. Oh, are ball. we going to the game? What was are we that starting song? are we starting up the game? Yeah, let's end it let's end it with the game. Alright, let's talk a little game talk. There's... So voodoo got the start. Yep. Yep. Coach D had to do it because he he raw talent wise, he's the better player. He's got to start as much as Coach T hated it because he loves Saracen's heart. At the end of the day, Voodoo's, you know, he's fucking Michael Vick out there. Yeah. So, so game starts up. We're playing Voodoo Ball. Voodoo's QB one. Saracen's riding pine. This song. This song cues up. Yep, here it is. Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Awesome song. <laughs> Fucking love this song so much. <laughs> Turns you out, like, why do you like this song? Cause I, I like that other song a lot more. What about this song? I, I didn't understand what. It, I mean, it's like a pump up song. I'm jacked up, but like I don't know what. Uh, I, I was like, I don't know what you're so into this song for. Oh, I've just always loved this song. Um, oh, I never turn, heard it. Uh, Ted Nugent's like a famous guitar player, rock and roller, and his in his older age, he's become like a hardcore right wing guy, which is a little weird. But uh, the song. He's a mu- Ted, Nug- Ted Nugent, the political guy. Yeah, he was a musician. Yeah, God, I don't that's, know that's anything related that's to politics. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually perfect though, because he had like a, a thirty-year-long music career. Jesus Christ! And then all of a sudden, he became like a gun guy, and then from that, he became just like a hardcore political right-wing guy to the point where he's just kind of a psychopath now it is alarming and sad and the fact that you know about what's going on in this world the fact that you don't know that he was a musician and you just see him as the weird (laughs) crazy political guy is perfect i knew he was like a crazy conservative right-wing guy but i didn't know he was a musician he used to write fucking badass songs like this God and damn. he kind of ruined his whole legacy in this podcaster's eyes by being such a fucking weirdo. Dude, my head is too filled up with like knowledge on teen traumas. And hey, and that's fine. So that's fine. That's but anyways, anyways, you know what? That's why we have this vicarious living podcast. Get it at us vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com or on Instagram. Uh, Stranglehold's playing. By the way, quick side note: Have you seen the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg? Uh, bits and pieces. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, for some reason, I really love that movie. There is a yeah. weird, like, ecstasy club scene with him and Jennifer Aniston at the club in that. I remember, remember her. That? I just remember her looking really good in this movie. She looks very good in this movie. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, Stranglehold is playing. Uh, it's, and, uh, playing. it's like the background to their weird ecstasy party. It's also the background to Voodoo Ball. <laughs> voodoo Ball. That's what we were calling it. Essentially, Voodoo Ball is just, uh, Coach calls a play, and Voodoo just says, nah, nah fuck that. Doing a different play. Yeah, so this is happening the entire game. Coach T calls in a play. Voodoo does just something completely random. It works a couple of times, but Coach Taylor is still wigging the fuck out. Everybody's cheering. He's pissed. <laughs> As he should be. And then... Right before they go into halftime, Voodoo does the same shit, ignores the play call, throws a pick, and that's it. It kind of shows you that, like, yes, Voodoo Ball, of, like, you just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, you get can, lucky a couple times. Yeah, it can work temporarily when you're just, like, you're athletic as fuck, and you're just running around, and you break a couple tackles and score a TD. But at the end of the day, head coach job is to call the fucking plays and it's a very complex like rationale into when plays get called and why they get called and some 16 year old kid (laughs) doesn't know like what all the coverage is and and you know when to do it so he throws like a horrible pick to end the half and uh you know what we should just uh get back into it with a clip here and show this halftime because fuck hey you pull another stunt like that again, and you are off this team. You understand me? You understand me? You get out of my sight. You get out of my sight. What? You're done. You are done. Get out of my sight, son. You are done. You are done here. That makes you feel big. You're done, son. You pull that crap on me out there. No one does. Do what you was going to do. Sheriff. Yes, sir. Go warm it up, son. Saracen's back. He's back in. He's fucking back. He gets tapped. He gets fucking tag him in. Tag him the fuck in. He gets back and uh, Voodoo's fucking finally gone. And it's like, you know what? The evil piece of shit who came in from New Orleans is finally fucking gone. And it's back to just Coach T being with what he needs, which is a kid who gets in there, he's just raw fucking Captain Planet Captain Heart Planet. Ring. It's Captain Planet Ball. Captain right Planet now. Ball now. It's time to get the little bitch. But Heart had a monkey. Why? Really? I don't even remember that detail. Yeah, Captain Planet, the, the kid who had the heart ring, just had a fucking side monkey. Probably the fact that you know that the heart kid from Captain Planet had a monkey is why... I uh, didn't know who Ted Nugent was. Yeah, that's probably why. So fuck. It all balances out, yeah. really, I think. Yeah. Anyways. So he gets fucking Saracen gets back in there and dude, that last play, that's all you need to know. Yep. That's all you need to know, dude. Like that's why Coach T, he fucking wants Saracen at the fucking helm of the Dylan Peace. Last play. They do a reverse. Hold so, on, hold on. They got to get down there first. Oh, they do have to get down. And there. how do they get down? So this whole game, fucking Voodoo's been going rogue. He's been calling his own plays. He's been throwing a lot of passes, quarterback sneaks, and all this shit. And that's not working. What Coach Taylor's been seeing is that this team can't stop the run. Mm-hmm. Which actually is a little weird because why then could Voodoo not be successful running as a like QB sneaks and QB draws? I, I don't know if you caught this, but early in the episode, at maybe it was at the party, 
they said, what are you going to do to stop, or what are you going to do against this team? He's like, reverses. That makes no fucking sense. I don't know. But they do a reverse to get all the way I know, but field. I just want to say, like, if you asked a coach, that's a good catch by you. I think he just now, said it joking around with the guy, with the, the dads at the party. Like, stop fucking asking me questions. We're going to run a reverse. That's how we're going to win. Oh. And that turns out that's what they did. They did do that, but you would never say, a coach would never say, like, if, if asked, like, what his strategy is, he would never say, like, a whole bunch of, like, reverses. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> he horrible. wouldn't say that. I think he was kidding. Okay, but either way, so even if Flea you... flickers, we're going to really take <laughs> yeah. them down. Yeah, flea Love flickers. Flea flickers. We like flea flickers and Statue of Liberty plays. The whole game. The whole game is hook and ladders, flea flickers, and Statue of Liberties. Yeah, you would never say that. But either way, it could have been a joke that now is just kind of coming back, like ironically. Who knows? But the whole thing about Saracen and, and Coach T and their connection is that Voodoo's been doing his own thing while Coach T's just been wanting to run it through Smash the whole game. Give it to Smash. He's the fucking man. He's a great running back. And this team can't fucking... This team can't stop the run for shit. So what what he loves about Saracen is Saracen also sees that and he goes, Coach, I'm going to take us down the field by just handing it off to Smash. I don't need all the glory. I don't need the glory of throwing passes and QB sneaks and all this shit. I'll just hand it off to Smash and let him get all the glory because you know what? That gets us W's. He just wants the W. That's all he wants. Team player. So, on the last... Okay, go ahead. Last play. Go ahead. Oh, so the the play that they score on is actually that reverse that Coach Taylor teased at the barbecue. Yeah. Um, and this play involves Matt Saracen, the quarterback, coming around the other end for the reverse and throwing a lead block. Which you get no glory no for. No glory for. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna give you any credit for that, but he throws out this wallop and block... Old Riggins runs right behind that block and scores a touchdown. Yeah. Diving end zone touchdown. Yep. A lot of, I feel like if you're in Friday Night Lights, like if you're on the Dillon Panthers, you don't walk or run into the end zone. You slow motion dive. You got a slow motion dive. Yeah. Or else it doesn't count. Nope. If you if you regular motion dive in, that's probably only like four points. Mm-hmm. And we want the full six. To get the six, you got a slow mo dive. That's a slow motion dive. So, yeah, Saracen, he does it. He fucking comes up. He's like, I don't need the glory, coach. You know what I want to do? I want to get in there in the fucking weeds and throw a game-winning block. Mm-hmm. And my boy, fucking Tim Rigg, gets the game-winning TD. Yeah. And yeah, then... That's a good... Saracen's a game-winning block QB. Yeah. He's a game-winning block guy. Yeah. Yep. And what the, the one nitpick I do have, though, with the, the that, though, is... You always hear, like, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And, like, the thing that the coaches want is, like, it's time for the final play. They want the QB, the fucking shooting guard, whoever, whatever sport you're fucking playing, they want the star guy to come into the huddle in that last play and say, Coach, give me the fucking ball. I feel like you're you're spot on, but that's what the coach wants out of the star. I think Saracen just realizes he's not the star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. He's not trying to be the star. He's just trying to help the team win. That's a good point. That's a good point. I was definitely thinking, like, you're right. Like, you're not going to want to smash Williams to be like, feed me. Feed Mm -hmm. me. Let's do it. I'm going to fucking score this game winning touchdown because I'm the best player on the field. Feed me. You want Saracen. Defeat him. God. Saracen in the huddle being like, Coach, I got this. (laughs) Like, he knows he's just average. 
That is such a good sports point by you. Thank you. Fuck. Thank you. I missed it. Damn it. It's so true, though. That's so true. Because you want, you want, the biggest thing you want is role players to know their fucking role. Yeah. And so you wouldn't want, and now I'm thinking to like, if you're, if you're uh, the Warriors, you wouldn't want Draymond Green coming into the fucking huddle on the last play and saying, hey, coach, give me the ball. I want the shot. You want Kevin Durant or Steph Curry to come in and say, I want the fucking ball, coach. So you're right. Let's give, let's not nitpick that. Let's actually say that was spot on by Pete Berg and Coach T by saying, we want Saracen to not take the glory because clearly it's not very good <laughs> at fucking football. But he's got all heart, so we just want him to fucking just block Saracen. Just block, just block him the fucking block. weak side. So, game winning TD, Saracen's back. In the episode ends, episode five Wait, ends. I should say, the TD does not win the game. The TD puts them down by one. <laughs> they right. got to kick a field goal to tie. Yeah. What do they do? They go for two. Yeah. Smash, the hero, dives into the end zone. Obviously. Slow motion. Slow motion, dive and twist into the end zone. I got to say, yeah, maybe we can nitpick that though. Like, God damn, do the Dylan P's never, ever go for the tie and send it into OT. They always go for the win when they're down one and they go for a two-point conversion. And it's a little unrealistic, but I get it. It's it's good. It's good TV. It's good TV. I mean, we were we were fucking jacked up, so. Okay, do you have uh you have your MVP of the week? I think I'm going with Matt Saracen. He wins QB1 back. He fights through it with grit. Second reason. Throws the lead block. Throws the lead block. <laughs> basically wins the game. Yeah. More importantly, he starts taking some initiative with Julie Taylor. I know. He I starts God. down that that long and and grueling path of winning her heart. Yeah, it's it's he's taken the same route as uh, a similar route to Seth he's, Cohen, which he's, is he's just getting balls, dude. He's like he's clearly just been observing for her for a distance for all of high school. They talk every once in a while. He's got a crush on her. Yeah. Um, he's non creepily, non creepily. Yeah, it's just he's got to think. He's non creepily observing from a distance, and she just probably thinks he's like this nice guy. Maybe he's a little cute because of that Matt Saracen smile. Mm -hmm. But now he's like, I, I think I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I, I, I love Saracen. And I, I do love the coach's him. nose. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that would be harder I than do, anything. I do love Saracen. I, I love him. He's, I love an underdog story and. That's why we love Seth Cohen, and that's why we love Matt Saracen, because he's just a fucking underdog, dude. And and he's got this charm to him, this underdog charm, that it just it hits home. Because she is so attractive in season three. Uh -huh. And uh, I love seeing him get the girl that's way out of his league in season three, uh -huh. you know? Do you know what else uh, really helped his case this week? When they went out to bash the other quarterback's car and yeah. got caught, he didn't roll on his friends. No, he didn't roll on his friends. He got pinched and didn't roll on his friends. This guy's all fucking heart, dude. He's all fucking heart. We love him. He's number one in our hearts. Should we wrap it there? Let's do it. Matt, let's end it on Matt, Matt Saracen's heart because I, I love that guy. So we'll wrap it there. Kids, we're going to wrap it there. So tuck on in, kids. You have a real good night's sleep, kids. Good night, kids. Good night, kids. You sleep tight. And Pat?
Clear eyes. Full hearts. Do less. Do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.